Think about where you were one year ago. What types of things were you striving to do or accomplish? Where were you at along your journey? What progress were you making? What were you looking forward to? I want you to think about that as we go through this episode, because one year is a great amount of time to see and make tremendous growth on whatever you're striving to accomplish. And this makes me think back to, have you ever heard someone say that we often overestimate what we can do in one month, but we underestimate what we can do long-term like in a year. And I think that's with everything that we do today. We want that instant gratification. So we expect things and the results to show up instantly. But in reality, when you're consistent, you start to develop habits and that carries over week after week, month after month. Over a year's time, your progress, I think when you look back, You'll be very pleasantly surprised, but very proud at what you can accomplish. So think about that and let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back everyone to the HNL Movement Podcast. Thank you again for tuning in for this episode. For all of my new listeners out there, you're in the right place to hear about all of these topics, strategies that relate to optimizing human performance. Any of my returning listeners out there, thank you again for tuning in for this episode. And for everyone listening, if you haven't heard some of the past episodes, you can find the previous library of episodes on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. There's been a combination of solo topics, which I dive a little deeper into topics relating to rehab, injury prevention, strength and conditioning, sports nutrition, and all of these facets that we think about when we're trying to optimize our performance. And there's also been a lot of great guest interviews, guests who've come on, shared their stories, their journeys, experiences, things that will help us along our journey. You can get some very in-depth insights on some of the things that worked for them and see what you can take away from that and apply it to what you're doing right now. Be sure to also check out all of my YouTube channel content, social media content. You can find me across the board at HNL Movement. On my YouTube channel, there's been video highlight clips, short snippets and bite sizes that I've been putting up on my YouTube channel daily of the guest interviews on this podcast. So it's a great way to see the video content that matches the audio that you're listening to. And on social media, I'm trying to put out more content out there to help provide resources in those three areas as well. Sports medicine resources, strength and conditioning resources, and sports nutrition resources. And if you like the content that you're seeing, help me out, share them with family, friends, coaches, teammates, anyone that's looking to gain some value from this content and help them in any way possible. And as always, follow me for up-to-date content and interact with me as well. I would love to hear any feedback, questions, things that you're wondering about that I may be able to offer some insights with. With that, let's get into today's episode. So think about what you were doing one year ago. That's how I started before the intro. And I want you to think about all the progress that you made, or maybe things that you learned along the way, or the growth that you've made over the past year. All of those things, we tend to overlook them sometimes. We're just so stuck in our daily and weekly routine that we don't realize how we've developed some habits, how we've grown over the past year or so. Now, why I'm talking about this is because I was thinking about this too this week, and this episode, nothing really formally planned, 
but every so often I give a little update with my PhD progress and I want to eventually start to share more and more of the information that I'm doing with my research, things that I'm applying to my clinical practice as an athletic trainer as well, and also any of the things that I think I can share out there with the public that will maybe help people to whatever it is, train better, return to sports after injuries, or just living a healthy and happy lifestyle that you don't have limitations. You can do all of the activities that you want to do. So I'm gonna keep this episode really brief. And first, I'm gonna just start with a PhD update. For anyone out there that's wondering, what am I doing? Where am I in this stage of my journey? I am in my third semester. I'm just about to complete a year and a half of the program. And if you've heard some of the things that I've shared before, I'm really in a position where I'm a research graduate assistant. So my primary duties are just to do research. I won't get into all the nitty gritty, but with a local hospital here, we do a lot of research and I'm looking into a lot of knee research, dealing with ACL studies, dealing with osteoarthritis, both knee and hip studies, and also what happens and how do we manage total knee replacements and total hip replacements a little better later on in life. So what have I been up to this semester? Well, I did receive, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before earlier in previous episodes, I did receive a small PhD student grant from our regional organization. So I got a little funding for that. And this is really showing me what the research process is like. We submitted the IRB, which is just basically your application to get approved to do human studies research. And that process has been a learning experience that I'm learning a ton. But anyway, we were looking to get this study off the ground and it's dealing with looking at some of the long-term effects following ACL reconstruction. So I'm looking not only return to play, I'm looking beyond that. I'm looking at a time frame of greater than two years post-op and what happens to your movement? How can you control certain things? And I will be sure to share more about this, but this is a study that I'm really looking forward to doing. And it's something that is combining my clinical knowledge of years and years of rehabbing thousands of ACLs and also what I've been reading in the literature, researching, synthesizing all this information and just making sense of it so that I can better carry out this study and look forward really to how can this research and this data help us to better manage the long-term effects of ACL, especially when it comes to reducing or mitigating the effects of developing or progressing osteoarthritis, or at least slowing down that progression following ACL injuries, ACL reconstruction surgery. So that is really what I'm looking forward to. That's one of the big priorities on my plate right now. But overall, I'm just doing research. So what does that entail? Well, it's a lot of reading, digging into the literature. I do try to spend some time to, when I'm reading through the literature, I do start to do some writing in categories. So I have some basic foundational writing pieces that kind of get what I'm reading out there and synthesize it into something because I know I will use this in the future, whether that's for future publications, whether that's for my comprehensive exam, all of these things, or even my dissertation down the road. I'm starting to try to organize my thoughts in a written format so that One, it helps me to actually get what I'm reading and synthesize what I'm reading and rewrite it in my own thoughts. So it helps to deepen my understanding as to what the literature is actually saying, but it also helps to spark and stimulate future directions with my thought process. Maybe these are things that we need to look into, or maybe these are things that I can look into after I collect my data, after I start to analyze some of my results. So really, this is, I don't wanna get too in depth, 
but that is what the research process entails. A lot of reading, a lot of writing, a lot of discussions, meetings. When I talk to my advisor, colleagues, all of these types of things, it enhances the thought process that I'm going along. And that's kind of my growth in the program. Because as I tie it back into what I said in the intro, when I think about last November-ish of last year, I was still just trying to get my bearings. I was still just trying to read as much as I could, but I really didn't have anything beyond my clinical practice knowledge. Now, when I look back over a year, just being consistent with research, constantly reading, constantly trying to improve the way that I'm thinking about things, look at things from different angles and perspectives. I think I've always applied that in my clinical practice as a practicing athletic trainer, but taking that same formula and applying it to what I'm reading and what I'm doing with research, I think that has helped me to progress over this past year. So a lot of things, I've definitely grown a lot, I've definitely learned a lot, and that really never, never stops for me. That's what's exciting. I do wanna share one small thing about research, and for everyone listening out there, listen to this, I hope this makes more sense. When you're reading a journal article or you see something on social media, right, that analyzes or breaks down a journal article or a concept, really that's only just one small piece of the puzzle. That's just a little grain of sand in the big scheme of things. And whenever you break down an article, it's good information, but what you have to do is you have to put that in their memory bank, in your database, and you have to see how does that make sense with everything else that I know to this date. I'll give an example. So for myself, ACL information, ACL rehab practically, clinically, and what the literature says. I've been rehabbing ACLs for nearly almost a decade now, and all of the things that I see clinically, right? How does the literature match some of that? And the literature isn't gonna be able to explain every single thing, right? But within the limitations of research, how is that agreeing? Now, as we start to further our knowledge with research. If you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop mixed in water once a day and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. As I read more and more articles, it's more trying to get all of that information. And like I mentioned before, it's trying to put it together, trying to paint a clearer picture. It's synthesizing that information. And what I'm finding is 
with the best researchers, if you look at the experts in the field, even experts in the field, there's so much unknown still yet, but the thought process of them to get there, that's what makes them the expert in the field. And as I'm reading through all the literature, you know, I see the same authors come up. I try to look back at what kinds of things did they do? How did they get to this place in time? When I'm reading one article too, there's all these things in a, in a single article that when you're reading it, you realize, I need to understand this concept more in depth in order to understand fully what they're saying in this article. So then it takes me that I'm reading this one article, but then I backtrack, look at the reference that they're citing and look into the previous article that they referenced. And that helps to give me a deeper and deeper understanding. So what I'm trying to say in short is that one article that does not make you an expert in that topic, that's just a small piece of the puzzle. And the best researchers, they're not able to just regurgitate information or memorize and apply information. Their strength is that they're able to take all of these articles that they've read and bring it together in their thought process and use that information to synthesize information so that they can think and progress their thinking, progress the field, the information that we're sharing, and just help to progress the field in that line of research. So I want you to think about that too. Look at it with a grain of salt. Whenever you see anything on social media, I know there's a lot out there, that's why, and you see someone just regurgitating information and saying this is how it should be, especially if it's something really black and white, then you just already know that that is not gonna be 100% of the time true. It's really, how does this information help us to add to our knowledge base, to add to the thought process? And ideally for me, it's how do I use this information to help others optimize their performance? So anyway, I'll get off of my research soapbox now, but that's where I am in research. And I couldn't tell you what I just said a year ago. That's the growth process. That's the just weeks and months of trying to get all of this information and navigate my way through PhD, academia, and all of this stuff. So that's something that I just wanted to mention. But overall, let's get back to my progress. So I am getting better at biomechanics analysis and stats, which is a whole nother complex field. Because again, it's not only just reading research and writing and making sense of all of this. I have to make sure that I can actually test and analyze and have solid methods to make sure the research study is sound so that I can actually interpret it and find some new findings that hopefully make a contribution to this field. I will probably share more about this later, but biomechanics, it's a very technical and complex process with so many steps. It's not like other fields where you can just kind of do research, you, it spits out data and then you're already analyzing it. Biomechanics, you have to do so many things to get the computer to process information along the way on all of these steps. It's almost like, and I'm by no means claiming to be like a programmer, but it's almost like understanding elementary computer programming to get the computer to do what you want to do. And then eventually 10 steps down the line, you get some numbers that you can analyze. Then from there, you're taking those numbers and results and you're trying to analyze it in your statistics package. So that's kind of the process that I'm doing a lot more of. I spend a lot of time in our biomechanics lab, just doing these types of things, trying to figure out and learn. And I am going to do a lot more of this as more of our studies get off the ground. So this is something that I know it sounds very boring and tedious, but for me, this is exciting because this is how I get better at my field. I get better at biomechanics, my craft, and how I can utilize this information that I'm studying to help all of the people out there. So overall, my week to week, 
It's a lot of research, a lot of reading, a lot of writing, a lot of discussions, meetings, spending time in the biomechanics lab. On top of that, I only have two classes as I mentioned, I think at the beginning of the semester. I only have two classes. Well, really it's three classes, but one I consider a lot of research. So the classes I'm taking is a upper level stats, a exercise prescription class, and an independent research in anatomy, which I just kind of pair that up with the research and all of the things that I do there. And on top of that, on the side, this is really my fix to be a clinician, to still think in that mindset, to apply what I'm studying into clinical practice. I still work with a small number of athletes, so that keeps me busy. A lot of the programming, working, coaching. For myself personally, it's usually a time where after I'm done, then squeezing in a quick workout for myself, you know, just trying to take care of myself as well. And on top of that, I am working when I do have time, which I do allocate some time, but sometimes it gets super busy. But I am working on all of the h and movement content. Of course, the podcast is something that I've grown to be consistent with. It's just part of my weekly schedule already. But I am hoping to be a little bit more efficient and get more of the content out there on my social media channels and YouTube channels that will help you in some shape or form when it comes to training and performance training. So that is what my week typically looks like. And it has been very, very busy. But for me, actually, you know, and this might be me just being a little weird, but this is what I actually really love to do. When it's this busy and it's things that I'm passionate about, it feels like I'm getting a lot of things done. And I can get carried away sometimes when I'm looking at things or working on things or writing things. I get carried away with the time because it's like I'm right in the middle of a thought or something and I want to keep this momentum going. So that's that's really what keeps me going with all of this. It's a lot, but it's what I love to do. And I hope that I can share more of this information as I'm starting to learn and uncover new things or new concepts, ideas. I hope that I can share it to everyone that's listening on my podcast, social media, YouTube. So be sure to check out all of those outlets. And if you like what you're seeing, you can support me by following, subscribing, leaving some helpful comments, reviews, and all of those types of things. I really appreciate all of the support. I do want to leave off on one thing, and this is just just coincidental. It popped up on my Instagram feed a few days ago. And for some of you in the strength and conditioning space, he's a well-known name, Brett Contreras. He has a PhD in sports science. He's known as the glute guy, right? And he has actually a lot of literature and publications in actual biomechanics and strengthening of your glute muscles, of the hip muscles. So he is a scientist by trade. And a lot of you may have come across his stuff because he's into the bodybuilding athlete, right? With developing and strengthening your glute muscles. So anyway, I saw he was on a podcast of some kind and I saw this clip where he said, it's such a weird time that we're living in when it comes to experts. And I would say experts in any field, but especially in strength and conditioning and performance training. What his basic message was that in the past, it was like the experts were the ones that were practicing their craft day in and day out. They were working with a lot of athletes, clientele. But nowadays, the experts are kind of the people that can put out the best social media content or engaging content. And it's very weird because he said that the experts that are practicing they're typically not the best entertainers, content creators. They don't have the time to do all of that. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. They're working directly with their clientele and making a difference. But in this landscape, 
The advantage right now, Brett Contreras said, is that the advantage is to the non-practitioner, the one that can spend six hours a day creating content. They're not necessarily the one with the most hands-on experience or hands-on knowledge, but they're the ones that can spend time creating some of this content. And that's a strength in itself. For me personally, I see the benefits of both. I definitely dive in into practicing, researching, and I'm not the best content creator or entertaining content creator, and I know that. But I also have to figure out what's that balance? How can I practice to get my content out there in a form that it's delivered and received well? But my overall message with this is to just think about all of the things that I shared today. This is just where I am today in November 2022 and I'm sure that I'll grow and change my views as I get more and more knowledge experiences but just be aware of that just because someone creates the most engaging content or has millions and millions of followers that does not mean that that information is the best information for you. I will not say that it's not good information because usually there's always some positives, some pros and cons with the content that we're putting out, my content included. But just start to, just like how I do at research, when you see content out there, take it not as truth or fact, take it as information and see how does it fit in with what you're trying to accomplish, what you're progressing towards on your journey and synthesize the information out there because that is what's going to work best for you. For myself, all of you that support, listen, follow, I am going to start to deliver content in that way to help to bring pieces together. And for me, I know I'm not the best content creator, but I do try my very best. I work a lot on speaking, trying to film content, getting better in front of a camera. You know, these are all things that are not too natural to me. And at the same time, I don't have the luxury of having a huge video editing team or marketing team or all of these types of things. So when my content is kind of on the low volume, low end of the scale, it's because again, like what Brett Contreras mentioned is that I am busy working in research. I am busy studying. I am busy working with clients. I am doing all of these other things that to me right now, that's a priority because I need to get these things done in order to finish my program, progress in my PhD studies. For everyone listening out there, all of this, why I'm doing this is not to keep this information in a bubble. I've said this from the time that I started my PhD program before I started that first semester. I'm doing all of this so that I can better understand how to present this information, synthesize some of the literature for everyone out there and actually deliver it in a way that you can understand it and apply it to yourself. Because if I just spit out, regurgitate information, that doesn't really mean that it's going to help you or you're gonna be able to apply this to what you're doing. So for all of this, just know that stay tuned for more because when I do have downtime, I'm working on a lot of this content, trying to get it in a way that it will make sense to most people out there. And again, with everything else that you're seeing, to make it apply to you, try to take that information and see how can you add that information to what you already know, your database. And that will help you along the way to help you grow, make progress and achieve all of the goals that you want to achieve. That's all that I have for this episode. So stay tuned for more content like I mentioned. Follow me on social media, everything's at HNL Movement. Check out my YouTube channel for the podcast video highlight clips and more resources coming out in the future. Subscribe to my channel as well. 
Other than that, keep training hard, train smart. Everyone have a great rest of your week. Podcast episodes are released every Tuesday. So I will be back here same time, same place next week. And until then, aloha.